In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Garden Angel, intercede for me. Today I would like to talk about the Beatitudes. They are the core of the Sermon of the Mountain, and for many people are difficult to understand. If we want to find the key to understand what the Beatitudes are telling us, we need to look at the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's see what the Gospel is telling us. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain, and when he had sat down, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are they that have been persecuted for righteousness' sake, for this is the kingdom of God. It is like a paradox, isn't it? At the same time that we see the importance that the Beatitudes have, we don't feel like trying to imitate it. I mean, no one likes to be poor, or to be persecuted, or to be humiliated. Then, how can we look at them to understand them? The Beatitudes are not specifically concerned with certain particular rules or behavior. Rather, they speak of basic attitudes and dispositions in life, and therefore they do not coincide exactly with the commandments. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says, In their originality and profundity, they are a sort of self-portrait of Christ, and for this very reason are invitations to discipleship and to communion of life with Christ. This is a very important point. Let's remind once again to everyone 
that we have been called to be another Christ. Not just a good person, but another Christ. So the Beatitudes are reflecting the face of Jesus Christ and telling us what we need to achieve. And when we look at them one to one and slowly, we can appreciate how important they are. Jan Paul II explains this with the encounter that our Lord had with the young man. He says, And now a man came to him and asked, Master, what good deed must I do to possess eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is one alone who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Jean Paul II will say that the commandments is the basic things for anyone who wants to achieve salvation, especially for those who are not Christians, but that they could follow the natural law that is in their souls and follow their conscience and to achieve salvation like this. The Gospel carries on saying, He said, Which ones? Jesus replied, This, You shall not kill, You shall not commit adultery, You shall not steal, You shall not give false witness, Honor your father and your mother, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these, What more do I need to do? Jesus said, if you wish to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Jean Paul II explained, If you wish to be perfect, perfection demands that maturity in self-giving to which human freedom is called. For those baptized, Jesus is suggesting to us to follow him if you wish to be perfect. is like saying the path is to be like me, to be another Christ, but I'm not going to force it into you. Just if you wish. The pity was that that man who had received a special call from Jesus Christ to be one of the apostles, decided to get attached to his own things, and that's why he went away sad. He had received the call from God and didn't want to answer it in a positive way. What is it that you have in your heart? Do you want to be perfect as Jesus is encouraging us to be perfect? Or do you want to follow Jesus, yes, from the distance? Almost like someone who had not been baptized, who had not been called to be a son of God or a daughter of God. I leave you with Jesus.
from that perspective of that one that has been called to be the image of Jesus Christ here on earth, it's easy to understand the Beatitudes, and then the Beatitudes become beautiful. For instance, let's look at the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for this is the kingdom of heaven. Who are the poor in spirit? The poor in spirit are those who give everything. We may consider poor the person who doesn't have, but in this case, it's not the person who doesn't have, but the one who gives everything, the generous person. We can look at different examples, like a lady that gave absolutely everything that she had. She was poor, not because she didn't have anything, but because she was the handmaid of the Lord. She has given to God a blank check for God to do with her whatever he wanted. And God demanded from her a lot, from going to Bethlehem when she was pregnant and expecting the baby any moment, to be at the foot of the cross, suffering with her son, and suffering what we cannot imagine. Or the same, our Lord Jesus Christ, who, being God, became a human being, taking our whole nature to demonstrate to us how much he loves us. He became poor for us. He gave everything that he had. That is poverty, the real poverty, the generosity of the person who gives everything that he or she has. Not that gives something, but that gives himself or herself. What about each one of us? Will we be ready to say to Jesus, Here I am, because you have called me. You can do with me whatever you like. If Jesus shows to us that he has a plan, a specific plan for us, a vocation, would you be able to give up everything and to follow him? Or are we going to be like this young lad who was very rich and especially was attached to everything that he had and then he went away sad? What are we going to, to do?
Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. When Jesus mourned, what was the cause of it? The best example that we can see is when he was praying at the Garden of the Olives. He was really sad, but because of the sins that we have committed. In that sense, we see again that this identification with Jesus brings us to have his own feelings, to understand how bad sin is. On the contrary, we mourn for very silly things because our football team has not achieved the result that we expected or because our business are not, are not going as well as we wanted or because someone has not treated us as we would have liked to be treated. Jesus mourned for the sins of other people and he experienced at that very moment of the Garden of the Olives how awful sin is. What about us? To become more and more like Jesus Christ, let's ask him to have his feelings, to see reality through his eyes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth the ones who are so wise that prefer to be humiliated than to create a big problem because in reality it's better not to create that problem. Our Lord, when at the time of the Passion suffered all these humiliations, he was really meek. He could have transformed all these people into any animals that he wanted to, into stones, who knows. But he preferred to suffer himself than to make other people suffer because of him. How different is our attitude that we want to be always on the top of everything and everyone, that we cannot suffer a little humiliation and then our pride brings us into disputes and fights that could have been avoided so easily. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Who are the merciful people? Like Jesus, merciful people are those who always forgive. To show mercy means to love a person when that person doesn't deserve it. God forgives us always. And we don't deserve that forgiveness because we know that a few days later we'll commit that sins. God wants us to learn from him and to forgive always. That's why we say in the Our Father, forgive us our sins, and we forgive those who sinned against us. That's why 
Jesus wants us to forgive and to forgive always. And immediately, then we'll be like him. Bears of peace and joy because we are able to forgive. It's such a beautiful thing to forgive. How different is our reaction in which we want to retaliate. We want to make the other person to feel how much we have been suffering. And because of that, we don't forgive at once. We don't forgive always and sometimes never. And we make the other person suffer. That's not the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we want to be the face of Jesus Christ here on earth, let's be that face that smiles to everyone and forgives everything and to everyone. Do you think that Jesus is happy in the way in which you forgive? It will be beautiful if we learn to forgive and Jesus forgives us. I was told of a story of a mother who showed mercy to another mother. It happens a year ago or two years ago, I don't remember exactly, in the car park in a school in Madrid. One of the moms, just reversing the car, just ran over a little girl and crushed her. The mother of the little girl was around and rushed to be with the girl while she was dying and tried to say to her how much he loved her for the few moments that they were together. And when the girl died, she arose and went to the mom who had run over the little girl and embraced her and both cried together. She was aware of how much the woman was suffering. Merciful people don't retaliate, only want the good for everyone. An attitude that is also merciful is to be open to everyone. That attitude of Christians closing themselves in a kind of cocoon, I don't think is merciful. Jesus died on the cross with the arms completely open. Sometimes you hear good Catholics who may say, I don't want to be with so-and-so or with that family or with these sinners. They cause me kind of revulsion. I don't think that Jesus loves sins but he really loves sinners. We should be open to everyone. Only through the love that we can show to them, they may come back to Jesus.
Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. These are those who not only look after the sixth and ninth commandment, but that they try to be detached from material things and keep their hearts for God only. Let's not allow ourselves to fall into the dynamic of the world, in which to have is the only thing that really matters, in which people are value for the money that they have, and not for what they are or how much they are able to love other people. A heart pure means to have a heart only for God, not full of other things that, being not mortal sins, may take away the presence of God in our life. To give a comparison, imagine that you have a jar full of a wonderful liquid, whatever you want to put in it, and then you put a pebble. That jar is still full, but with less liquid. The volume of the pebble has thrown away part of the liquid. And if you put another one, another pebble, and another one, in the end, you have still liquid, but much less. And probably the taste is not the same. When we are attached to things, when we are full of sensuality, we may not throw away Jesus or God completely from our hearts, but His presence, the presence of God in our heart, is less pure, is less dense. God wants to be in our hearts, but we are treating Him and putting Him in a place that is more like a garage than a heart. So let's not allow ourselves to fall into the dynamic of the world in which having is more important than being, or even worse, that being unfaithful is not considered a sin, but almost an achievement. That some aberrations against our bodies are healthy and healthy ways of living. If you don't believe me, just look at the things recommended for St. Valentine. Or that any kind of contraception is not only permitted, but the way things should be. And that good Catholics should be using contraception. The majority of the people who abandon God is not because they have an issue with his existence, but an immoral life. Blessed are the poor in heart, they shall see God, is a recommendation with a promise, they shall see God, and it's true. When people don't live the virtue of purity, when the heart is full, not only of impurities, but of also attachments, one finds very difficult to see God, even if God is in front of you. See the case of Herod. Herod has been with Jesus Christ, and he was unable to recognize him. 
impurity makes very difficult to pray, to talk to God, because our heart is distracted in many other things that are not related to God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be recognized as children of God. The peacemakers are those who does, don't react to things that happen to them. Usually we react. Someone kicks us in a leg and we kick back. We cannot go and to leave it unpunished. We need to make the other person suffer for the things that we have suffered. The peacemakers are those also who forgive always. They don't react, they are meek, they forgive. Is like almost the summary of all the other Beatitudes. You see how well or how much Jesus loved peace. Let's see, we are someone who brings peace to the world without reacting. Maybe suffering in our own life, but bringing peace to everywhere, everywhere where we are. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother, Immaculate, and Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.